Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, February 2nd, five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the remains of those three U.S. soldiers that were killed in that drone strike in Jordan are arriving back in America today. And Joe Biden and the First Lady, they're expected to join the families for the dignified transfer of the bodies. However, the president is not expected to speak. Washington has apparently approved plans for a multi-day strike in Iran, or rather in Iraq and in Syria against multiple targets, uh, but they're unclear as to exactly what they're going to hit, when they're going to hit, and how long this multi-tiered attack is going to last. What is our foreign policy? Mm, good question. Don't. I, <laughs> I'm not asking that to be facetious. Uh, I'm not asking that to be a smart ass. I, I genuinely don't know what the actual approach to foreign policy is with the Biden administration, Mm -hmm. as in what's what's the business plan? What are we trying to accomplish, number one? And then two, after we state what we're what is our mission statement? What are we trying to to accomplish? What is the business plan to accomplish those things? Don't. It's it's one word, right? That's what we've heard. Because it is like this soup of nonsense where on one hand we'll send hundreds of billions of dollars to this country that's not even our friend. Uh, we don't ever account for where the money goes or what it gets used for. Then we look at our allies in Israel and we keep telling them not to attack people who hate us, who attacked them first. Then you got this thing with Iran now where it's this days and days and days without uh, anything. Mm-hmm. And then now we tell everybody, well, we're going to super escalate this thing and we're going to hit these targets. And what? What are we doing? What is the approach of the U.S. military as it relates to engagement in countries across the globe? And uh, what's the retribution if other countries do do something? So Iran's president said that they did not want to start a war with us, but they would respond strongly to anyone who tried to bully them. But here's an idea. How about we just start with something really easy and basic like uh, reinstate sanctions? Great question, Casey. Well, I mean, a great don't statement. You think, a don't you think that would just be an easy, smart place to start? Well, and then you hit on a good point, which is who are the people who keep playing footsie with Iran? It's the Democrats. It was obviously Obama who backed up those literally pallets full of cash mm-hmm. to the Iranians. And now you've got Biden who, again, you can say whatever you want about Trump. You can like the guy. You can hate the guy. You can loathe his social media. You can love his social media. It is indisputable that Certainly post-Reagan, America had never been stronger abroad, yet less involved abroad. And Donald Trump deserves all the credit in the world for what he accomplished on a global scale in regards to reasserting America's strength around around the world. Mm -hmm. So Biden's not expected to talk at this event at Dover today, which is 
probably a good thing because when he did call those family members, he couldn't help himself but just spew a bunch of lies when he was on the phone with them. And I'm not sure, would you find that comforting if you're a family member and your loved one's body is coming home that you've got President Walnut mumbling through some prepared nonsensical statement? Well, this and this is the conversation. You and I have been having this conversation, um, I mean, really since you got here and then Obviously, the, the when Mock was here, we had this conversation before when the stuff happened in, in Afghanistan in 2021. It's if you're if you had a child who died during World War II, as horrific as that might have been, you could, in your deepest darkest moments, when you talk to yourself and you talk to God and you question things and whatever, you would be able to rationalize my child died for something worthwhile. And that was literally the Nazis were marching across Europe. And if somebody didn't do something, they were going to literally take over the world and something had to be done. And it was and doesn't make it easier in the moment it's happening. But I'm sure I would imagine not sure, but would imagine over time you look at a photo or a flag on the wall and you say, my child died for something worthwhile. Post World War II, has there been a single military engagement hmm. that you would look at? And this is again no fault of the incredibly brave men and women who are willing to go and willing to sacrifice and willing to die, where you say, when it was all said and done, I feel damn good we were there and I feel damn good about what we did. Maybe the first Gulf War, although. We were actually so unconcerned about Saddam Hussein that we just totally left him in power. And then, of course, all these people died years later because we just left him in power. But, I mean, that's pathetic. We're seven, what are we, 70 plus, 80, almost 80 years on from ending our engagement in World War II. And, and I don't know, other than maybe the, the first Gulf War where you could say, I feel really good that the fact that our country was involved and engaged and the way we involved Mm -hmm. and engaged. So when you're asking those questions of why, why did this happen, you're still looking for answers. Yeah, if your kid is now dying in the U.S. military, those poor people who died in Afghanistan, these poor people who have now died at the hands of the Iranians, are you going to be able to look five years from now at a, at a picture of your child on the wall or or the, the flag that their casket was draped in and go, it's horrible that this person isn't here, but they died for something worthwhile. Does anybody believe, I mean, those deaths are totally avoidable. Mm-hmm. They've been totally avoidable, unlike the deaths of World War II, which were unavoidable. It had to be done. Somebody had to engage and stop Adolf Hitler. These things are just needless because the president is a dithering old I'm just going to say something I can't say. He's a dithering old buffoon, Casey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to put an exclamation point on that, we're going to hear from him. So he made his first stop in Michigan. He was there, what, back in September uh, on the UAW picket lines. And he went there to a UA, UAW training hall. Uh, and he was thanking them pretty much for their endorsement. And here he is again, just sounding awful looking awful i don't know if you saw the video of him walking around that diner at one point and it was like people were making fun of him nobody wanted to talk to him even and he was walking around telling people to vote for donald trump like he was trying to make a joke but he was the joke and here he is again trying to sound intelligent i know i'm the most pro union you know anyway 
There you go. Anyway, can we, he can gives we, up on himself. Can we? Can, I mean, just that was a little quick, and mm-hmm. I, I just, I can we one more time, Maestro? I know I'm the most pro union, you know. Anyway, he did. So he did them all again. He did the thing where he uh, starts to say something, mm-hmm. then he stutters, then he kind of forgets what he's going to say, and then he says anyway and just quits. Yeah, he gave up on himself. Can, can we see if I did articulate that properly of what just transpired there? <laughs> I know I'm the most pro union, you know, anyway. Yeah. Stutter, <laughs> uh, forgets, mm-hmm. quits, mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway. This is the guy making decisions, and this is why people die, Casey. Yeah. That's the same brain and thought process that's making decisions, and every world leader sees that, and that's why they don't fear or respect America anymore. Which is why it's a good thing that he's not talking when those bodies come home. Can you imagine? They're bringing them off the plane, they're draped in American flags, and he stands up and says, anyway. Casey, I, I we gotta, I, I can't with this anymore. You, you can't anymore yeah. with so him? Here, here's, what, here's, what we, here's what we have to do. We have to take a break. I know you have some other stuff prepared, but you and I got into a spirited debate with Kevin last hour Mm -hmm. during one of the breaks Mm -hmm. and i think our audience would enjoy hopping on with this very important very spirited debate Mm -hmm. about high level friday stuff about some life-altering um decision making going on here (laughs) all right we'll get into that coming up it's 93 wibc life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. minutes after 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc that's my vote right there you heard it okay so casey and kevin and i got into a very spirited debate last hour Mm -hmm. about this and before we do that though starting next monday Mm -hmm. we're going to start a new segment on the show it's time for puppy sunshine and warm hugs with rob um or i'm going to find each day we're going to (laughs) find something that i'm positive about (laughs) and i'm going to dig through the utter or dig past the utter just buffoonery and incompetence and just actively working against the constituencies they're elected to serve that Mm -hmm. we see from our politicians Mm -hmm. and so every day um I'm going to find something that makes me happy, and we'll talk very briefly about <laughs> that. Now, I would like to. I'm point looking out, forward to this. Well, I would like to point out my boss and I had a long talk about this last night. This mm-hmm. is not my idea. Mm-hmm. This is not something I went willingly on. No, in fact, just the opposite. I was grudgingly given, was given a direct order that I will do this, so I will find something each day that I am uh, uh-huh. uh, positive about. Okay, so you and Kev and I had uh-huh. a spirited debate because Kev had played satisfaction Mm -hmm. as one of the bumper songs by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. And I would make a compelling case that the opening riff of satisfaction, everybody knows it, is arguably the most recognized riff in rock 
rock it's history. Iconic. Like you know, Universal is universally known by a band who is universally known. And I think this was many, many years ago. But Rolling Stone magazine had graded had rated that the greatest rock song of all time. It, you know, they do these polls all the time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I seem to remember that standing out as the number one rock song of all time. Yep. And so it got us talking about if you were to say to like the average person. So I'm factoring in album sales, album plays, radio play, mm-hmm. the band themselves. Mm-hmm. Like in the history of rock music, what are the four most recognizable or biggest, like the Mount Rushmore yeah. of rock songs? And so I came up with three, and I think you agree with me on the, the first three, right? We said it's got to be Stairway to Heaven mm-hmm. has got to be one of them. Yeah, that's always on the top. Freebird mm. has got to be one of them. I'm not saying you like the song. It's not, is this your favorite song? It's yeah. rock music as a collective. Like, what are the, you know, the cultural, big ones? Cultural yeah. impact. And then the third, I think, has got to be Layla because it has been played so many times mm-hmm. and it was such a big song. And I feel like if you were to take any major metropolitan, you know, city classic rock station... Mm-hmm. And like, if I were to call my good friend Jay Baker, who works over at Q95, and mm-hmm. say, "What is the Mount Rushmore of Q95 rock and roll songs?" They would probably, he would probably say, "Those three are on the, are on the list." So, did we agree? Doesn't mean it's our favorite. I don't. I don't know about the Freebird. I'm questioning that one. I think Freebird's definitely in there. I mean, you every concert so? you go to, some idiot shouts Freebird. Yeah, I know. You could be at the Pavarotti concert and somebody's going to shout Freebird. It's just such a long song. Doesn't matter, Casey. <laughs> it's not about your personal preference. That's uh, one that has uh, spanned generations yes. too. Like, there's kids that know that yes. song. Okay. All, All right. right. All so, right. if you were to say that that those three are on the list, then is this is where we got into the conversation? Yeah, and this is. On the fourth. Well, and it got pretty nasty. I'm going to (laughs) go. I know. I'm going to go ahead and say. Kevin was name calling. Kevin just lost his mind over the Jimi Hendrix stuff and Kevin's, his youth and inexperience is showing. He saw my dark side. Yeah, but um, (laughs) I would say probably, and I haven't Mm -hmm. done a deep dive on this because obviously we've been doing other things. I think satisfaction is probably, if you were to like hold a gun to my head and say, Mm -hmm. right now, what's number four? Mm -hmm. I think satisfaction would be. Number four, just because of the longevity of the Rolling Stones. Obviously, that song was a colossal hit at the time, and that opening guitar riff is so recognizable. No. Uh, well, Casey, I wanted to give her credit because she did throw out ACDC. Yeah. And then I thought maybe Back in Black. Back in Black, sure. Could go on there. Yeah, because that's a very recognizable riff. Yeah. You got uh, Queens, Bohemian Rhapsody. See, that's a really strong one, and I, I want to lean towards that mm-hmm. i just hate that song but i and then i feel like my personal bias is inter is intervening on that and i if i'm going to lecture you on a personal bias mm-hmm. i don't want my own personal bias but satisfaction is not some obscure dan fogelberg song i feel like i'm not being personally biased because i'm not a colossal rolling stones fan so really i think you've got a strong case on bohemian rhapsody too well, and there's another song that is starting to gain a lot more traction on these lists yeah. that never used to appear in the top five, and that is one of your favorites, oh. Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. Yeah, about oh, wow. time! Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's because it's aging now, and people are starting to appreciate it more. And I didn't even pressure you to say that. No, yeah. um, this is strictly like, it's starting to enter yeah. all of these lists. And the other, the only other one that I thought of, and then I thought, okay, then maybe again, this is my personal bias, but it's so important, and Kevin, you will back me up on this, because it was the first time a, a 
cultural icon went electric was Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Like, it was such a big deal mm-hmm. when Bob, Bob Dylan first went electric and played on the Highway 61 Revisited album and played Like a Rolling Stone. And so many people became inspired to go electric because of him mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. But 60 plus years later, or 60 years later, whatever it's been, does that still matter? And if our goal is to just pick the fourth song to put on the Mount Rushmore, right. then Bohemian Rhapsody and the long-standing longevity and satisfaction probably do eclipse like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Now, Kevin had mentioned uh, Jimi Hendrix, and you said all along the Watchtower. Yeah, that was before he laid out the criteria. That was more subjective yeah. mm-hmm. for me. And this is the hard thing. It's like picking the final four in the uh, the college football playoffs. Yeah, that's right, Jay Simpson. Oh, my gosh, Casey. What? Jay Simpson in the YouTube chat. That's probably not his real name, but that's what he's going by, and that's yeah. perfect. I, Who? It's over. Who? It's over. What? I can't believe we didn't think of this. <laughs> what is it? I don't even want to say it. Hotel California. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Eagles. Okay. That's pretty good, I think. That is pretty good. That's pretty Who's good. Who's going to beat Hotel California? Boy, that's a good one. Nice, nice contribution. Yeah, that's strong. That is really strong. I'm declaring this contest over with. You think so? I I, I, I just got to put this out there, and I'm sure this won't make anybody's list, but this is my personal. This is just my personal. Is this pink? Take. Something like pink? No, it's it's not. Now, you mentioned satisfaction. <laughs> this is the black eyed peas. You mentioned satisfaction from the Rolling Stones, and I would argue that you've got the right band, you've got the wrong song, and it should be Gimme Shelter. And I've got three reasons why. Because when you consider one of the greatest rock songs of all time, one, you have to have an ultimate band. Okay, Rolling Stones. Check, right? You have to have a song that is a sign of the times. Lyrically, it's something that compels people. It's moving. Uh It encapsulates the era, right? Check. Give me Uh shelter. Uh Finally, you have to have a song that has a fantastic backstory that goes with it. Sure. And Give Me Shelter does that with the backup vocals. And they went and got Marianne, who was at three in the morning. She was pregnant. She had curlers in her hair. They brought her down to the studio. And Mick kept saying, cut it again, cut it again. And her voice is cracking during the vocals. She ended up miscarrying that baby because of the late night recording. Yeah. I mean, it's there's, there's a story there with that yeah. song. Apparently, you can hear uh, Mick Jagger uh, shouting in excitement when her yeah. voice cracks. Yeah. It's very faint so, in the I background. Mean, satisfaction, popular song, poppy song, but it is not the rock and roll that give me shelter. You know, if, yeah. you'd, have put, if you'd have put this much effort and passion into it, you'd have ended up with Kirk Herbstreet and not Jilly <laughs> What's-Her-Face. <laughs> Jenny Ruby. So I that, agree with that's you. That's my pitch for give me shelter on your list. Okay, uh, we got to take a break. I uh, When we come back, mm-hmm. um, I did a... A podcast. I was a guest on a podcast uh, that, that has just been posted, and uh, it's about leadership. Mm-hmm. And when you think of great leaders in the history of Central Indiana, no doubt you think of me Rob and Kendall. all the things I have led on. Mm-hmm. And we had a, they asked about a whole variety of things. Time it was you know elected official, and then working state government, and then obviously we got on this radio show, and how now we lead on this radio show. And I wanted to play a little bit of it when we come back because it, it kind of goes into what we do here and why we. Do do it and why kind of what we do is so loved by some mm-hmm. 
and so hated by some. <laughs> All right. It's Kendall Casey on 93 WIBC. If there's a bustle in your head, don't be alone there. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1131. You're a leader, Rob. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I sure am, Casey. Mm-hmm. Thanks for noticing. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you, that. Uh, you recently did a, a podcast, uh, not your own, but no. somebody else's. You're you're such a leader that other people want you on their podcast. So my, my good friend, his name is Aaron TV Baugh. He is a former IMPD police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a former local elected official in central Indiana. And uh, he he's in the private sector now working. And part of what he does is he works for a company where he goes uh, it's a lar- very large company and he goes all across the fruited plain and he talks to various institutions at this this company about leadership and mm-hmm. about how at these locations to get more out of their workers and employees and um, just a really interesting guy and he has a podcast that he does every so often about leadership and he interviews different people in the business world or private sector, public sector, whatever, who are leaders. And I've known Aaron for a long time. And we, while not in the same government entity, we're in local government at the same time and got to know each other pretty well. And he said, Hey, would you be willing to come on and talk a little bit about your leadership as an elected official? And then obviously as a, you know, you worked for state government and then, and then your radio career, now and so I said absolutely be happy to do that so you can actually see this now please wait until noon we don't care what you do afternoon but we our <laughs> our mortgages depend on you staying here until noon mm-hmm. you can actually see this now I just posted it up at Robin Kendall on Twitter mm-hmm. foundations of leadership is the name of the podcast you can see it all in your it's like a 40 minute conversation if you just go to at Robin Kendall on Twitter it's right there at the the top you'll see a little pinned post about my birth of my daughter and then right below that mm-hmm. is this uh, this podcast but i wanted to play a little bit of it if that's okay sure because we talked a, a lot in this podcast about like even though you're not in the government anymore this radio show and how many people we reach and how many people who we kind of in many ways lead in terms of the, the the things that are important to talk about because what people really do casey is w- we we give people information. We give them thoughts and we give them humor and entertainment. And then our hope is, or at least mine is, and I think you share this, is they'll take what we talk about and then they'll talk about it with people mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the day. And maybe yep. they, if we work through opinions well, they'll share our opinions. And that's kind of how we lead today is we we kind of lead on the th- on thought process and and putting out conversations that need to be need to be done. And so we got into a little bit of that and I just thought just to I wanted to help promote this guy cuz he's a great dude and it's a good podcast that everybody should subscribe to. I just thought it'd be kind of cool to play a little bit of me talking about this radio show. If that's all right. Rob Kendall being influential. Absolutely. All right, here we go. How do you view your role as a leader and what's your purpose now in your current position? Does that make sense? Yeah. So the the great thing about our show, Kendall and Casey show, 9 to noon weekdays on WIBC 93.1, is our kind of slogan is we dislike everyone equally. So we don't (laughs) talk radio a lot of times, and it's changed a little bit, but so often talk radio is like, hey, Republicans wear the white hats and the Democrats wear the black hats, and we're locked into this. We must cheer for the Republicans no matter what sort of shenanigans they pull. So it's an all or nothing. Right. It's team sport. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's changed a little bit as kind of a new generation of talk radio hosts have, have come in. But the great thing for me was because I experienced Government from the inside. Right 
under Republicans, I saw how they're in many cases just as inefficient as Democrats. Yeah. Now they may say things like, hey, we're for low taxes and limited government, <laughs> but their actions don't oftentimes match the, you know what the word mission statement right. yeah and so we've always taken the approach of we dislike all these people equally we're not beholden to any of these people we don't have to cheerlead for any of these people mm -hmm. and so it really makes it easy and our bosses have been super super supportive it's, it's interesting when I first and this is how much the landscapes changed in politics when I first started at, at WIBC eight years ago it really was good guys and bad guys, right? We're the yeah. Republican station. We cheerlead for mm. the Republicans. And I went in there doing weekend shows and the fill-in guy and talking about all these things that Republicans are doing that's not living up to their mantra. And we're talking about Democrat failures too, but people were just up in arms like, this has never happened on this station yeah, before. something new. Right, and new doesn't always work in media because people like what they like and they mm. like comfortable. And it's been interesting to see over the last eight years and Trump has opened a lot of people's eyes to this about how really these two parties, both of them are not interested in helping you. They have different masters that they serve. They have different special interests that they serve. But ultimately, it's about their donors and their lobbyists and their special interests. And sometimes those kind of line up maybe with what you want. But yeah. if it doesn't, they're not gonna be on your side. They're not gonna step up for you. So it's been easy for me because I can talk about specific things that I saw that are still happening today. Sure. And if you don't care about whether, I don't care I'm a speaker at a Lincoln Day dinner. Yeah. I don't care if I'm invited to the Columbia Club or sure. whatever. I've got you as a friend. That's, that's all I need. <laughs> I don't know how valuable that is. So, <laughs> so I think it's been easy for us to really lead on talking about here's what's going on in your government. So that Foundations of Leadership, mm -hmm. if you want to watch it, you can see it all for yourself. You just uh, you can see it at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter. It's right there at the top. Or if you go on YouTube and you just put Foundations of Leadership and then my name, Rob Kendall, you can sit there and... Uh, I mean, if you don't, you don't get us this weekend. So mm -hmm. if you want to say, I need more. I need more Rob. Kendall and Casey on right. the weekends. There you go. Uh, it's really interesting that you were talking about serving the different masters um, because this story just came out. How much does it cost, right? Rona. Rona Rana? Rona Rana McDaniel. Yeah. From the uh, RNC. They're now seeking a new line of credit to climb out of the money hole that they're in. Because in the past five years, the Republican National Committee has spent $3.1 million on private jet services, $1.3 million on limousines and chauffeurs, $17.1 million on donor mementos, like at those Lincoln Day yeah. dinners that you were talking about, $750,000 on floral arrangements, $80,000 in alcohol-related expenditures, and also $400,000 on luxury entertainment. What does that entail, huh? You know, I was I was driving in today, and I was thinking about how, because obviously you've done this podcast, and I knew we were going to mention it today, just how much the actual landscape of society has changed. And one of the things that talk radio now i'm not talking about podcast in terms of talk talk but i'm talking about the, still the kind of the traditional talk radio 
has struggled. I think traditional talk radio, I'm not saying here necessarily. Obviously, look at our show. And they have given us a platform here. And they have our boss, David Wood, and and Matt Hiblin. Those guys have always gone to bat for me. And they went to bat for me in the very beginning when it was like, there is nobody like this guy. And he's Mm -hmm. way out there by the time. I'm not way out there anymore. I have gone from, with our audience, sort of the fringe wow, this wacky libertarian guy. And I would tell people, no, 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 I'm not a libertarian. I'm just a Republican who's telling you how bad the Republicans actually are and what they should be to now I feel like I'm in the core of our audience. Mm -hmm. You look at the amount of people we moved here to Donald Rainwater in 2020. Not because, and Rainwater's a fine guy, but not because we thought Rainwater would be the greatest governor ever, because we simply told people, here's what Eric Holcomb is doing. Here's how he's betraying you. And there's this other option over here that has the ideas that are more with what you believe. Hundreds of thousands of people. You look at Jeff Moore in, in 2022. Not because, again, we thought Jeff Moore was going to be the greatest Secretary of State ever, but we pointed out to our audience, here's what Diego is. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the things he's done. And so one of the onuses on talk radio going forward is going to be, to as leaders, to bring this full circle, is to get outside of the team concept comfort zone and start talking about these things that are actually happening. And when Republicans do things that there's no excuse for, call them out on it. Mm-hmm. The same way we do the Democrats, because the goal should be not Republican government or Democrat government. Should be better government. Better government. Better Absolutely. Government. And yeah. we, we, we talk radio, have an ability to do that if we're going to use it. But there are still too many people in this industry who still are too concerned about whether they are asked to be a keynote speaker at a Lincoln Day. There are still too many people who are still too concerned about how the politicians actually view them. Newsflash, these people don't like you. They don't like you the same way they don't like the voters. They use you, but they don't actually like you. And so until we as a collective, as an industry, because the podcast world, you look at some of these other places like 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 Daily, Daily Wire, et cetera, mm-hmm. they've already kind of moved in that direction. You look at Kevin, I've talked about Rogan. I don't mm-hmm. agree with a lot of Rogan's views, but part of the charm, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, is that Rogan is an equal opportunity offender. He yeah. just likes all the all the parties equally and so i think it is going to serve this industry well going forward if to keep more, moving in that direction more hosts yeah get into the middle in the sense of not in the middle of becoming more liberal but in the middle of the sense of we're we're going to call everybody out and start holding everybody accountable well people need to be more less concerned about if the politician likes them and more concerned about if you like the politician right they work for you right exactly more transparency more accountability and i mean just think about the numbers that i just rattled off the millions and millions of dollars that the Republican National Committee has spent. And these are the people that we believe are going to bring fiscal responsibility when they go to Washington, D.C. They can't even do it with their own campaign. Well, think about, let's bring this whole thing full circle. We started the show today talking about the border. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation before the show with one of a, a good friend of the show who has served his country in the U.S. military. He's been in combat abroad. Mm-hmm. He has uh, been in law enforcement for many, many years. He's an incredible patriot, great guy, the most honest guy you would ever meet. And he, of his own volition went to the southern border and worked there for a month. And they wanted him to stay longer. He did such a great Mm -hmm. job, but he was telling us about the horrific things he was seeing in that month. There's no way if this guy, who goes down there for a month, can see all this, that the politicians, Mm -hmm. with all the resources they have, Mm -hmm. don't know 
that the cartel has complete control of the southern border. Well, and what is that going to do when Eric Holcomb goes down there? Because he was the pretty much the last governor to get on board with all of the other red state governors to say, yeah, we need to do something. Is that going to be an eye opener for him? Is he going to come back and change his talking point or is he going to stick to the same narrative that he's been on? Look, the Republican Party has a chance to reset in Indiana in 2024 with their elections. You have a chance to reset. First of all, it's going to start at the state convention with the lieutenant. Well, actually, it'll start in the primary with the with the with the governor's primary. Then you're, you're going to have the state convention. And it, no matter what happens in that governor's primary, if someone like Micah gets in there as lieutenant governor, you will have an automatic check and balance and a check and balance with a bully pulpit for four years. Do you want that or do you want more team sport? And then going forward with the legislature and a new governor and a new lieutenant governor, you're going to have a chance in this state to reset and we can flush out and wash away just all of the bad things that have happened under Eric Holcomb. We can literally reset this party and all the things that have happened the past eight years. But you got to decide if you want it. I'm willing to lead on that. Mm-hmm. Casey's willing to lead on that. But the question is, are other people in our industry over the next seven, eight months willing to be leaders on that and force the politicians into being leaders on that based on trying to take their audience with them outside of that comfort zone of Republican good, no matter who it is, and Democrat bad, no matter who it is are we willing to push the party and have our audience lead our audience to push the party to where it needs to go it is kendall and casey on 93 wibc and coming up in just a few minutes we're going to have susan beckwith join us for our friday edition of mind your manners but i wanted to bring something to your attention completely changing gears do you remember a few months back when will ferrell was in indianapolis and everybody lost their minds will ferrell will ferrell uh it has finally come out why and what's going on, what he was doing here. It was for a docu-series, which Netflix has just purchased after his uh, Sundance debut Mm -hmm. of this docu-series called Will and Harper, and it was about a road trip with his best friend. Uh, Turns out his best friend came out as trans. So you and no, that's the angle well, of you the no, docuseries. And we have no idea how he's going to make Indiana look. Is he going to mm-hmm. make us you know, look bad? It's, it's kind of random that he would stop in Indiana. So uh, I, here, I'll tell you what, Casey, because yeah. we probably should review this for our show. I can tell you 100% I will not watch this. You're right. You, <laughs> you, Casey, gonna, are in charge of watching this me? documentary. Uh, oh, thanks. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. <laughs> Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Susan, looks like I'm losing 
Oh, yes, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here, and it is that time of the week where we send you, the audience at large, into the weekend with the skills necessary, well, Casey, to be decent members of humanity. That's right, because people need to help. You and, know? Let, and let's be honest, we have absolutely no faith in you that you can do it on your own. So what we've done for you people is, well, we brought in our own former Miss Indiana. You know her as Susan Beckwith. The segment is Mind Your Manners. Susan, hello. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. Okay, so Valentine's Day right around the corner. And uh, what is that? Casey, you told me it's a week from Wednesday is Correct. Valentine's Day. Yes, so February 14th. Little, uh little precursor to Valentine's Day, a chance to give you plenty of time to get your act together. Mm-hmm. Susan, I'm sure this is going to be expensive and totally break the bank. What is it? What do I have to do? <laughs> Not necessarily. And I have a confession. I I love Valentine's no. Day. No. People love it. And I knew that would be your reaction. <laughs> mm-hmm. You like Valentine's Day? No way. I, you know what? I think it, honestly, I was trying to kind of pinpoint it. I feel like for me, it was looking back, and that was always the class party that my mom would always help with and always mm. made it really fun. So I think it, it kind of started there. But, no, I am – I love love. I think it's wonderful. So – and also, just to reframe your thinking on Valentine's Day, it's like a softball opportunity to tell those around you how much you appreciate them. Mm. Okay, the floor is yours. Go ahead and make me very angry. What should what, what should the people be doing for Valentine's Day number one? Well, this one could be applicable to Kevin because um, he's on the dating scene, I believe. Yes. And so something you want to really make sure is not to, to ask like right before Valentine's Day. You want to be planning ahead. You know, a good rule of thumb is 10 days to two weeks. Mm. So that would be right now, Kevin. <laughs> If you if you want to date for Valentine's Day, get busy this weekend. Yes, that's partly why I decided this week versus next week because it gives those listeners time to think. Okay, I am not going to procrastinate. So not only am I going to ask her in advance or ask him in advance, I'm going to make preparations. So also making reservations now so that you have some options. <laughs> Susan, I'm I'm not going to say anyone ever actually did this. I'm just going to ask you a hypothetical question, and you can tell me if that would make that person a horrible person. Oh, golly. <laughs> if someone were to have, in their earlier life, strategically broke up with other oh people. Oh, my gosh, you did that to uh, somebody? Ahead of somebody, somebody's. We're not judging anyone, and I'm not naming any names. Somebody did that to me, Rob Kendall, on Valentine's Day. Oh. You're that type of guy? I didn't, I didn't name myself. I just asked if somebody had a plan that year over year uh-huh. in their 20s when they didn't take <laughs> love and relationships quite as serious, if they were to break up with people, say, I don't know, around like January 28th or 29th, would that, I mean, oh is, my it, is that strong <laughs> planning or is that person a horrible person oh i don't know about that timing especially if you've been feeling that way for a while Why <laughs> wait till right before? this is your confession i, I didn't say it was me that. susan i just asked <laughs> he's asked. asking for a friend <laughs> okay we so, all know it was you <laughs> so that really happened to you it really did wow. happen to me was that kirk herb street no it was not kirk herb street but he was oh wow he was a good-looking guy and but he did it right before Valentine's Day. He, he was just, in his mind, oh. too good for me. Okay, so if you are to uh, ask people out, do it a week, a week and a half, Susan says, in advance. All right, what's number two? 
Yep. So we talked about not procrastinating as far as asking, mm-hmm. also making plans so that you have a great place to go. But this one kind of is more relevant to those that are married. Do discuss Valentine's Day in advance so that your expectations are on the same page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Susan, follow up question. If somebody were to have had a wife with a birthday at the end of January <laughs> and they spent nine million dollars at the cake bake shop it's on her birthday, for... yeah, do I does that count or does that person also have to do Valentine's Day? Well, you, I feel like you do not have to spend a lot of money to make it special, and I could be wrong, but I feel like I have heard you while listening to the show reference that you're really good about writing letters, yeah. and mm-hmm. I love getting that kind of stuff. That costs absolutely nothing, but I will say, buy the couch. If you've not <laughs> bought the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm just going to put that in there. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what? Yeah, what are the game of reasonable expectations for for Valentine's Day? Like, like, how do you get on the? Is it a negotiation? What is the approach? Help the men out here, Susan. I just think as long as you're on the same page, you know, if you're committed to not spending anything and just taking time to do handmade cards, or if you have a limit, or just so that you're kind of coming from the same, you know. same place. I, I just think communication on that is good. Uh, okay, so a week and a half in advance, if you're single like Kevin, uh, on the same page if you're married, the Valentine's Day etiquette, it's our Mind Your Manners segment with Susan Beckwith. We're getting you ready for Valentine's Day. What's number three? Okay, so I am a big fan of this. I'm anxious for you to weigh in, but I say do bring the flowers. I think mm-hmm. that that is touch and there are so many options out there that also will not break the bank but it can be such a sweet gesture my wife hates flowers though like i've tried to do the flowers and every time i get them i don't even get a hey that's great i just kind of get a look uh, it's part of why, <laughs> what it's part are of why for it's part of why i married my wife because she doesn't like flowers and it's gonna save me a bunch of money oh i love flowers getting flowers what so are, sweet it's so you. thoughtful what is your favorite Casey, what's your favorite? What's your favorite type of flower? Any, any any flower. You you don't have a favorite? No, it's just whatever. Susan, how about you? You have to be a roses person. I guarantee. I guarantee it. I do love roses. I love hydrangeas. I I love so many different flowers. You know, Valentine's flowers are super sweet. The just because flowers are also really Mm -hmm. great. I got those this week, Susan. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I love. Yeah, and this this is great. A major problem for me because mm-hmm. when I screw up, I have no get out of jail free card, which is the flowers or candy or mm-hmm. whatever. I actually have to earn it out of whatever <laughs> purgatory I've been placed in because I can't get something for my wife and make it better because she doesn't want anything. Have you tried the flowers? Have you really I have, tried, Casey? Multiple times on birthdays, <laughs> anniversaries. It does. It doesn't move the needle in any. Mm-hmm. I might as well just have taken the twenty dollars or whatever and just lit it on fire. We'll try that maybe. <laughs> just, all right. Uh, I bet though. I bet if you buy that couch. Yes. Here's what happens with Gabrielle, though, and I knew this would happen. She gets stuck on something, and then a day later, she just forgets that she was stuck on it. Mm-hmm. So I think I can milk this into March before I got to actually go get the couch, <laughs> Susan, because she's moved on to something else right now um, that she's focused on. All right, what, we got time for one more thing. What should we, what should people remember for Valentine's Day? 
Okay, well, I would be a terrible etiquette coach if I didn't remind you before going to dinner, especially if it's a first date, uh, to brush up on those table manners. Mm, mm -hmm. Elbows off the table, get off your phone, (laughs) actually engage in a conversation, make reservations. What am I missing? I think we hit quite a few things. So uh, I'm hoping people will feel extra prepared this Valentine's Day and make it a good one. What does Micah do? Well, works the room for a long time. So you know what? We usually do go to dinner. Um, I was trying to remember some of my gifts throughout the years, and the only one that was coming to mind, and I can't recall if it was for Valentine's Day or what, but did I ever share that he bought me an acre of land on the moon? He bought you what? Aw. He bought me an acre of land on the moon. Mm-hmm. And, uh I can't even remember. I just, I I laughed at that because. Um, Is that, that a real thing? Unique. That's a real yeah. thing? That's a real thing. You guys ever going to go visit it? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that would like to send Mike into the moon. Plant some crops on it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I love it. I love it. All right. Tell us about your very fabulous website and Facebook page, bellofthemidwest.com. Oh, I love hearing from you guys. It was so exciting to uh, get a listener question last week about, um, you know, salon etiquette and how to break up with your hairstylist. So send me more of your questions. Uh, Check out my blog for various social etiquette topics that we cover. And, uh, yeah, follow me also on Facebook and Instagram if you are not already. Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest. Find it on Facebook as well as the website, bellofthemidwest.com. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, Susan. We love it. All right, and that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today and all week long. Have a great weekend. Tony Katz is up next. This has been Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.